welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. From now until September 15th, we are encouraging members to register to Paint It Forward as a way to give back to their local community. You can register individually or as a group on our website. Look for Paint It Forward under the Events tab to register. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Paint Ed with Torlando. In this episode, Torlando talks with Patrick O'Donnell about sales strategies and how to identify and solve problems with slow sales and wearing too many different hats in your business. This episode is sponsored by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host. So good to be here today, folks. Uh, We got a wonderful show lined up for you. Uh, Patrick O'Donnell is on the show, a a professional fractional sales leader. Uh, That's what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about sales. And here's why. I have been, uh, you know, we've got the Facebook group, right? Paint Ed. And people, um, you know, come to their... fellow paint contractors come on the on the channel they discuss problems issues that they're going through um and i think that people right now are in particular they're they're kind of i mean there's a general level of concern about what is going on in the future um people are noticing their sales drop a little bit they're noticing um calls coming you know kind of trickling in um there's a little bit of fear about what the economy is doing what the fed is doing um that is giving people pause they're wondering you know here's the deal folks you gotta be careful with this do not let outside forces uh influence what you do to the degree that you're hitting panic there's a way to solve your problems and this show is here to help you do that Okay, I'm really excited for the show today. Now, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know, remind you that this episode of Paint Ed is available on PCA Overdrive. The video portion is uh, where you can get 500 hours of video content uh, from some of the smartest minds in this industry. I don't know how I got on this platform, uh, but there are some really smart people. Um, it's $5.99 a month for non-members, just $5.99, okay? Uh, real, real inexpensive. But if you're a member, it's included for free. That's a great benefit. And, uh, and I highly recommend it. Now, if you just want to listen to the show, all the episodes are running free. They're streaming free on uh, Apple, Mus- uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to your podcast, uh, make sure you go and subscribe. And I highly recommend uh, downloading, downloading PCA Overdrive. Go to PCAPaintEd.org to find out more information on that. Um, this time of year is a, is a great time to educate yourself, and it's a great time to learn uh, more about the process of running your business, managing the schedule. This time of year, yeah, maybe uh, you know the sales dip a little bit, but your backlog of work is uh, it, it is you know it is piled sky high. You've got projects that have been delayed for this, that, and the other. When when it starts to rain, oh goodness, you're gonna have have some issues here. So I recommend picking up the book that I published. Uh, 
Sprint. It is the Scrum Playbook for Paint Trade and Craftsman Professionals. It's available on Amazon.com. Search for Torlando and uh, it'll pop up. Okay, so our guest today, uh, he is uh, a, a consummate professional. Uh, I met him on uh, LinkedIn and um, he we had a conversation. I was very, very impressed with this guy. Um, you know, when I think about the sales process in painting and I think about my own journey of becoming a sales professional, uh, it was something that I had to learn. Definitely. I, d- I did not feel like a natural salesperson. Um, I remember in my first painting job, because I apprenticed when I was 18 as a painter, and uh, I worked for a couple of, uh, a couple of different uh, companies. I remember uh, pretending that I didn't speak English because I was so afraid to talk to the customers. I don't know. That doesn't, I can't even wrap my mind around that today because I'm such a different person, but I was a young guy and I, I was afraid of it. I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know what to do. But when you get, when you jump, when you make that leap into business ownership, you figure it out pretty quickly. You start the process of learning how to sell, how to work with the customers, how to identify problems, how to solve those problems. But here's the thing. As your business starts to grow, you are wearing way too many hats. You got to manage production. You got to hire. You got to market. You got to run the finances. You got to you got to do customer service. You got to deal with the, the complaints, right? Employee problems. And then on top of that, you have to run a busy sales schedule. And for a lot of folks, you know, the thought is, okay, do I hire a product manager project manager? Do I hire a salesperson? And they bring that salesperson on and the closing ratio isn't as good. The, the, the sales price isn't as high. Uh, and, and it, you might be thinking, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to train these people. Your, your train, your initial training as a painter didn't really prepare you to be a sales manager. And I'll tell you what, when you're feeling that pressure and you're staring down, you know, the pipeline and we're, we're headed into, you know, in a, in a few months, we're heading into the fall here, going to head into winter soon. And that pipeline starts to dry up. Oh, things get a little scary. Things get a little scary. You're going to make it. And today I want to bring on Patrick O'Donnell to have a conversation about what we could do to hire that sales professional, bring them in and get them trained up so that you are not wearing so many hats. Let's bring on Patrick O'Donnell to the show. Hey, what's up, Patrick? How you doing? Orlando, I'm awesome. How are you, man? Good, 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 good. I am excited to have you on. We had we had a really great conversation the other day, and I think that um, you know today's show is going to be really good. So. Patrick, when I uh, opened up the show, I was talking a little bit about the challenge that business owners are facing in terms of, you know, wearing so many different hats and, uh, you know, trying to take on these new roles, learning how to be a a sales professional. I mean, learning how to sell, that's hard enough as it is, but then learning how to hire and manage salespeople. What do you see as you work with people who are in this space? What are some of the problems that they're facing? 
Um, I mean, you, you, you hit on a couple right there, right? I mean, hiring is such a, uh, it's kind of an art, right? And so choosing, choosing good people in general is probably the biggest challenge. I, I think that has, as a owner of two small businesses myself, my biggest challenge is always people, uh, no matter what their role is. So, uh, you know, and then it, to capitalize on, on what you had talked about earlier with wearing of the hats, I think the biggest challenge went once, you know, once your business starts to grow and take hold and, you know, you're, you're half million, you're a million, you're 1.5, uh, the owner or the decision maker or makers uh, have had to wear all the hats, whether it's sales, accounting, marketing, service, you name it, uh, that it's, it's typical that the, all those hats are worn by one or two individuals and you get good at it, right? And it's really easy to get into this mindset of if I don't do it myself, it's not going to get done right. Uh, but as, as you grow and, and you start to feel like, boy, I have some real critical mass possibilities here from a, from a growth standpoint, the volume just, it creates a situation where it's just, it's, you, you can't handle it all. It just can't, you know, you, what you want to do is you want to be that, you want to be that, that visionary, right? That person right. Who's, who's leading the organization from 10,000 feet and not necessarily the, uh, frontline sales ex- activity that needs to happen on a consistent basis to fill your funnel. So uh, I, I hope I don't go down too many rabbit holes to Orlando. I can do that very easily. Uh, but really, it, it, it comes down to being able to transition and give some things up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, and, I, go ahead. I've, uh, you know, when I have conversations with different contractors, you know, I, there, there are a lot of uh, coaches and consultants in, in our industry. Um, you know, some of them are industry partners, very good, um, you know, very, very good, talented people. Um, but what I've noticed is that the ones that tend to be a little bit more sales and marketing focused, they really veer the business owner into, uh, seeing their job almost purely as a sales job, you know, like their job is to go and drum up the business and, and be a salesperson. But, you know, I've, as I've talked to some people, I just, I've just come to realize that some people, they, that's not actually what they want. Um, they don't want to be a glorified salesperson. They want to be the visionary leader. They want to lead and guide people. Um, and, and they do care about the product. Um, but it just seems so hard to find that person who can come in and, and actually understand the sales, uh, transferring that knowledge. Um, that's really difficult stuff uh, for a lot of our, uh, you know, for a lot of contractors. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. And, and that makes sense. Right. And, and I, part of, you know, part of our conversation when we first met was, you know, the possible need or the possible desire for, you know, the, the fractional leader to come in and keep in mind when I say fractional leader, I'm talking about sales. I'm talking about marketing. I'm talking about IT. I'm talking about um, CFO work. Uh, there's there's all kinds of fractional leadership possibilities where a small, medium-sized business owner, you know, can can rely on bringing somebody in on a fractional basis that might say, like in my example, I have 27 years of experience in, in, in dealing with sales leadership. So mm-hmm. that individual comes in on a fractional basis uh, to lead the sales department or to, to lead the accounting department. And 
Um, it's it's a fraction of a, of the cost typically to the business owner, but sure. the experience that you get is is again like to use my own personal example, twenty seven years worth of experience to come in yeah. and, and help with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go ahead and take a pause so you can plug in. Okay, and, uh, I'll be right yep. back. Yep. Sorry about that. It's okay. You know, to Orlando, I really want to come off as more educational than anything. Yeah, yeah. Things that I tend to just, I, I go into this sales guy mode because it's me. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to come off as, you know, trying to oversell the industry, oversell myself or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so don't hesitate to say uh, back off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely say like we're gonna we're gonna want to do that because you know I don't this isn't a forty five minute commercial you know so right um, uh, so yeah let's let's um you know back up and let's start talking about the plan okay okay and so um, when we jump back in uh, you know recognizing the issue. Um, you talked about hiring, you know, an experienced sales leader. And when we go into this part of hiring an experienced sales leader, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we lean into more of like what you're looking for and what, what they need to do and what that, what their job looks like. And we can assume that we're almost talking about this as a, uh, an in-house position. And then when we get back to what you, when we, give you the opportunity for the call to action will kind of okay. offer a little paradigm shift and say, you know, as, as much as, as great as it would be to hire somebody full time. Understood. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll pull off the fractional thing and we'll, we'll come back to that when, when we okay. give you the chance to do the. Uh, Makes sense. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to like clap and then we'll be back in. Okay. Okay, so Patrick, our I think that our audience is you know keenly aware of, of their issues here of of how difficult it is to to hire a salesperson or to get this off their plate. But if they're ready to take action and they and they know that okay now is the time for me to do something different here because what I've been doing isn't going to work. What is the first step that they need to do? I think the first step that they need to do is decide whether this is, you know, the, the need is enough for say an in-house position, right? Is this, is the need enough that uh, I have the resources and I know for a fact based off of my own interactions, say with the sales department, that I can bring somebody in that's going to produce at, you know, the 40 to 50 hours a week or whatever, a full-time, a full-time job. So I guess I, that would be, that would be the first determinant um, is, so, can I, can I dig a little more into that? So, Please. you know, I recognizing, recognizing you have the need, but, but figuring out whether you can, I, I think that's a little, I think that's a little harder, you know, easier said sure. than done. So Good like, point. what are some of the markers that would tell me that I am ready and that I can actually bring somebody in? Got it. And just to make sure we're on the same page, when we talk about bringing somebody in, are we talking about, uh, 
somebody in a sales manager role or, or a frontline sales role or maybe even both, like a player coach? I, yeah, I mean, I think that if it's my first salesperson, it probably has to be. Um, but I but I really don't know. You know, I mean, like, sure. it, does it make sense to bring somebody in who can manage a future team? Or does it make sense to bring somebody who is just going to be front yeah. lines? You know, I'm going to I'll use an example that I just experienced recently with a client. And that is uh, the the need. The immediate need was an outside sales professional. Mm-hmm. And what the owner did uh, is they did, they sat down. Um, this is before getting me involved at all. But they they sat down and the, he just basically put a, a strategy into place. Um, he called it his sales strategy. Um, and, and basically by writing down all the things that he needed to give up in order to be a true, you know, to work on the business and not in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he wrote all those things down from a sales perspective, perspective, everything he felt he needed to give up and then everything he felt needed to happen in order to have a sustained department. And after making that list, he determined I can't do all this on my own. And so he decided to go out and seek out some some consulting um, on, you know, how to best approach adding that sales representative, everything from everything from creating the job description to the sales strategy and the metrics and the hiring of that individual and the onboarding of that individual. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, financially, uh, you know, I think that I would be, I think for me, that would probably be my biggest concern is like, can I afford a salesperson? Um, You know, how, how, how should I start thinking about that piece of it? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, really what it comes down to is, 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 is based off that, can I afford it question? Um, I mean, I think your revenue, your, your, your net income definitely has to be at a certain level. I won't go into the weeds on that. But what the determining question is, can I, do I feel like I can go out and bring somebody on board that maybe is 50% commission and 50% salary, mm-hmm. right? I mean, ultimately, maybe that might make it a bit, bit more palatable from a financial standpoint if we're not bringing somebody in that's on this called a full salary or, or hourly or what have you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there is commission built into that comp plan mm-hmm. um, and it, it, it can make it more affordable for an individual because now they're getting compensated based off of, off of what they sell right and you're right. not really i don't want to say fronting the money but you're you're not coming up with the money without any sales to back it um, right Initially. Right. So I guess what you really have to sit down and determine in your marketplace, if that is something, if that, if, if that person is out there, yeah, do it because it can be, it can be challenging to find somebody who's, who's willing to work on say a full commission basis. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, uh, you know, I know that firsthand, you know, when I, I, I recruit salespeople and, and, uh, you know, for my own company, I, I do prefer a, a 100% commission, Um, but when I'm recruiting on behalf of others, sometimes they, they prefer that, you know, salary plus commission. Um, what are, what are some of the pros and cons that you see of, you know, determine, cause I think part of determining whether you can hire a salesperson is starting with that compensation plan. Um, you know, what are some of the pros and cons between the different models of compensating salespeople? Yeah. The, the, the pros of, 
you talking about full commission is typically when, when somebody comes on and they agree and they understand and agree to a full comp- full commission compensation model, typically that person's pretty, you know, quote unquote hungry. They're hungry yeah. to, you know, go out and generate revenue and they don't like the, so- they don't like the sound of being capped. I want to go out and make as much as I, as I, as I want, you know, based yeah. off my effort. And so the, the pro is you, somebody comes on board under that understanding, they're typically very hungry and aggressive and, and, and wanting to do well. Um, and, and the, the con is uh, in order to get a, what I'll call a, a veteran seasoned experienced uh, sales professional, a lot of times in order for them to even consider a position, a, a percentage of it would have to be guaranteed or would have to be a salary. So right. maybe what, what you may run into is between somebody who comes in on a full commission plan uh, compared to somebody who, say, demands part commission, part uh, salary, the experience level might be there might be a, a, a pretty significant gap in, in sales experience between mm-hmm. those, the, those two people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What I've noticed as I interview people, cause I'm very explicit about the fact that I'm, you know, offering a hundred percent commission. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people who come in because the, the appeal of the job is really high, but they're not quite sure of if they're a little nervous about the commission aspect of it. Sure. And, and I, I try to have really upfront frank conversations about that, you know, and say, look, if, if you are not the, t- if you haven't done a, a full commission, you know, job before, if you're not used to it, if you don't have the runway, you don't have the support of a partner, um, you know, I, I personally am, am pressing pause because, uh, you know, you get into it and if it's just not where you're used to, then it can be uh, a little dis- disheartening and, and, and you might not, you know, you might not make it. Yeah. Whereas for myself, um, you know, if I were out on the job market, uh, you know, looking for a sales position, I personally would not take a salaried position. I would take a, a 100% commission. And that's because I know that I can sell and I, and I, and I actually don't like the pressure that comes from a salary. I've found that sometimes bosses do really, they act kind of weird when they're giving you a salary and the sales are kind of, you know, sales are always like, you know, they're not all straight, you know, there, there's a little, you have a good month and you have a down month. And, and I've just noticed they tend to forget the good months and, and focus on those bad months. And so for me, it was just like, I, I I don't want the salary. Like I'd rather just, I would rather just go out and, and, and earn and, uh, and, and get a higher commission. So I think people are wired differently um, and that just happens to be how I'm wired and, and that's who I'm looking for. Um, I don't think there's anything amoral about it. Um, nope. It's just, you just have to have very clear, um, you know, clear expectations and be very clear in your communication about what is happening. Well, and it doesn't surprise me, Torlando, to hear that you, uh, I mean, people people want to work with, much less employ, other people that are like them, right, in, in, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if not always. And, and, you know, having met you already, the, my first impression was here, we have an entrepreneurial spirit, somebody who's very driven and you know, that's what you're wanting to attract to your company as well. Right. Somebody who has that entrepreneurial spirit and is driven. And, and so that, that person is, is typically not going to be 
afraid, I'll say, of a 100% commission plan because of their belief in themselves or the fact that they know that they're just hard, hardworking individuals and they're going to make it work. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I get that. I respect that, that that's what you recruit into your business is people like you in this case. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I recognize that never, not everybody's like me and I, and I recognize that not every business owner is, is like me as well. So like, what is the case for a, uh, a salary plus commission? What, how, how would I, how would I realistically put that together? Sure. So my, my company would say their, their studies would say that a 50, 50 plan is the most impactful. Um, they, they present to us on a monthly basis on case studies and that sort of a thing. And that, that's the most recent, uh, mm-hmm. feedback we've gotten on, on, I'll call it commission plans. So I guess take that at, at, for what it's worth, um, that, that that's one, it's going to attract the call it 50% base. Part of that commission is going to attract maybe that experience level that you want to have, um, and, and not have to worry about a learning curve when it comes to learning sales, uh, just in general. And then you have that other half of it that drives that hungry part of what any salesperson should have. I think any, any, any salesperson that is any professional salesperson that can call them a prof- themselves a professional has that hunger mm-hmm. um, to, to have a commission and not necessarily be capped for earnings. Um, and so I, you know, that's just based off what my company says, the 50, 50 model is what works best. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there too, if, if, if your if your philosophy is I'm going after somebody who's hundred percent commission, then I'd say, I'd say stick with that because there, yeah. there are people out there that can make that work. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do you, do you guys have any, um, you know, rule of thumb about how much, uh, a salesperson should cost in terms of a percentage of revenue? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, um, any model, any any operating statements that I've seen is that it, it's all lumped into one. You know, call it call it comp model, right? Thirty percent of revenue is is your is your if maybe that's your payroll in general, and your salesperson should feed into that overall number. I don't think you necessarily put just the sales team at a on a. So if I have so much for for uh, um, excuse me for payroll as a percentage of my overall income, I would just include that sales representative in that overall percentage mm, as mm. a payout of my payroll. I guess maybe by, maybe by a full rule of thumb, um, you know, your payroll, it, it can be about 30% of your revenue right in that area, 30 to 40%. Yeah. Yeah. All over the board. And, and that, yeah, it's, it, it is. And I think industry by industry, it's, it it varies. I think, I think in our industry, including, uh, including salespeople into that 30%, uh, would be steep just because it would be yeah. tricky just because the labor costs, like our labor costs are, are, uh, you know, really, they're just really high. It's a, it's a, a big yeah. portion of the, of the job. So, um, when I've, talked and 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 have you know been in like you know in our groups and everything people talk about these i think that what i've seen is that um salespeople overall end up costing about 10 percent of revenue that makes sense uh, that makes sense to me yeah 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 and i and i think it's reasonable you know i think yeah. it's i think it's a reasonable percentage of of the the cost but i think when you're you know 
putting together your your plan and and you are if you're a person who is used to being the one that's doing all the selling um when you bring in that additional salesperson you have to recognize that uh that is an additional expense that is that is going to take away from your bottom line you know right. it's, it's 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 adding an expense and so either you have to be prepared to uh either cut in other areas to compensate um even if that means you make less for a time being in order to make more later or you are cutting certain you know line items and expense budgets or you're just adding uh you're you're increasing your prices to to yeah. you know i was i was taught at one point that and this is this is kind of so you can come up with, a, I guess, a general general number off the top of your head. Uh, I was taught at one point that any expense, uh, whether it be payroll or otherwise, in order to add that expense, um, you take your, say, your, your net income percentage of your business is 8%, right? Mm-hmm. And and so the, the thought is the amount in incremental sales that I need to achieve to afford this, in this case, this salesperson person would be eight times what they're, what I'm paying them in salary or eight times. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what I need to generate an additional revenue to cover um, for this addition, this additional salesperson in, this, in that example. Oh yeah. That makes, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So, okay. So we've made this decision and we've recognized that, okay, I'm not, not going to be able to handle the sales, um, all myself, even though I kind of like it, but you know, it's maybe time to, you know, to figure this out because I am the bottleneck of my company. I'm not going (laughs) to take things to the next level. Um, how do we, how do we find and, uh, and onboard that salesperson? Good question. You know, the, I, I'm, I'm going to give you my, my personal experience here as of late, um, believe it or not, I've, I've had really good success with, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll use the name specifically with Indeed, mm-hmm. with a job posting board like that. Um, I've, I've had pretty good success. LinkedIn is becoming more and more popular amongst all ranges of professions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at one point it was a tool that was used mainly, um, you know, I, for I, for lack of a better term for white collar use. And I don't think that's the case any longer at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I think using LinkedIn might be a, a good place to find a professional salesperson. Um, and, and I don't know, those two tools right now, I seem to be, or, or at least are getting the most attention from my company as far as suggestions on, on what to use. You know, I think the, I, I think the best answer for that is, you know, your own network. I think mm-hmm. from a trust standpoint, you know, to get a referral from somebody that you know and trust about another person is, I, I think that's got to be the best scenario in the world when it comes sure. to choosing a, a team member. So I think that's the obvious first direction to go is is your network and those around you. Um, and then, you know, maybe go to a, a pay to play system like an Indeed or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I concur on that one. I, you know, I've, uh, I've hired great salespeople just from, <clears throat> you know, going to my, my Sherwin Williams rep and saying, Hey, uh, you know, I'm looking to hire a salesperson, you know, is there anybody who has worked here in the past 
that is still in town that you would, you know, recommend that you might be a good fit. You know, like I don't, I don't necessarily want to take from your current staff, but if there's anybody who was here in the past that you think would be a good fit, um, you know, can you give me an introduction? And, uh, one of, one of the best salespeople I ever had, uh, I, I, I met that way. Um, yeah. and, and with the indeed, um, I agree. And I, what I would actually add and, and, and you should check this out is we have an industry partner, uh, called Viva HR and they are a, uh, a job posting app that uses back channels to post jobs organically to all of the, uh, recruiting sites. So Perfect. it goes out to indeed, it goes out to, uh, zip recruiter monster, you know, all of those job sites. And I'll, and I'll tell you what I have been using them for my company for, um, a little over two months now. And I've gotten over 250 candidates for both salespeople and painters, um, mm. just in a very short amount of time. And, uh, you know, I have to do a lot of, uh, resume reading and a lot of sifting. And of course I'm, I'm recruiting in multiple, uh, cities and, and states. So it's, I think my volume is just higher because I'm rec- recruiting in multiple areas, but, um, even in, uh, even in a, a single location, I've, I've been working with another contractor out of Pennsylvania and, and we've got over 80 applications for salespeople and, and project coordinators. So it's been really, uh, it's been really powerful. Um, I, I, I highly recommend it. Um, so, so that's the attracting part. Um, but before the call, before we started talking, uh, before we, you know, got on the air here, you mentioned that the onboarding piece is, is hypercritical to seeing success and hiring a salesperson. Indeed. You know, and I, I, before I said anything, the one thing that I should, should, you know, scream at the top of my lungs is, is culture is everything, right? I mean, I, I, I truly am a big believer having worked in large companies and, and not large companies is in all those situations, cold culture, you know, it eats strategy for breakfast. You can have the best strategy or plan in place, uh, you know, that that's ever been seen. And if the culture isn't in place, then it isn't going to work. Um, so I say that, uh, leading into onboarding, because I think onboarding is a cultural thing in many ways. Um, I was working with a human resource services company not too long ago, and they worked with a pretty large organization that took polls and that sort of things, that sort of a thing. And one of the polls that they took was the importance of onboarding in any any industry. And the percentage, uh, if, if a team member experiences what I'll call a shaky onboarding or doesn't come out of that first, you know, 30, 60, 90 days feeling completely act acclimated and part of the team and they know what their job is. They've been given good direction. They have goals in place. Um, the, the odds of success go up by 70% when that onboarding experience is, uh, is, is positive. And what I mean by success is they're around after, 90 days or they're around after six months. Right. I mean, that's the most expensive thing is spending all your time and resources training somebody up and six months later, they walk out the door. That's, uh, that's, that's very, very expensive to have that. So I do, I preach onboarding big time because it's become more important. It's become more important now than ever. I think because of the expectations of people going back to physical work after being away from it for, 
for so long during COVID and so on. I mean, you hear about the great resignation. Well, part of the great resignation is poor work experience, right? And so they'll be be looking for somebody that is going to bring a positive work experience to the table because they probably just left the company after 15 years because of COVID. Yeah, right, right. So, so what does that onboarding experience for specifically for a salesperson look like? Like, how can we, cause there's always a ramp up time, you know, with salespeople, like before they get to the point of like actually being profitable or replacing their salary. Um, and that I think to a new person, a person just hiring a, a sales team for the first time, I don't think that a lot of them are prepared for that ramp up period. Yeah. And, and so what does that, onboarding experience look like so that we can get them onboarded and trained properly and ingrained in the culture? Yeah. And I think I'll, I'll focus on a 90 day plan. I've seen them as far out as a year, depending on the, um, the, the position. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll focus on a 90 day plan. I think a 90 day uh, onboarding plan is more than ample. Uh, and really what it is, is it's, it's me as an owner or me as, as, as that the leader, whatever it may be, I actually write out a 90 day plan. Okay. The first day we're going to do this. The first week we're going to do this and make sure this is accomplished the first month, second month, third month. So it's an actual written plan over that 90 day period. And it touches on things like the first day this this team member's on board, I'm going to go have lunch with him, and we're going to talk about whatever makes sense to talk about. And I'm going to give uh, you know goals for the month when it comes to metrics, how many people I'm going to reach out to, how many LinkedIn connections I'm going to make. You know, really, you know, giving that person an idea of your expectations from a metrics or a goals standpoint. Um, when it comes to filling that top of the funnel with opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Terlanda, to be general, it's 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 showing your your new employee, your new team member that one, you care, and two, you want them to succeed and you're gonna be by their side for at least 90 days, you know, helping them ramp up to get yeah. to that point where it's like, okay, go free my my child. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And then even then maybe it's a a monthly one-on-one after that initial 90 days where I'm touching base. You know, part of the challenge with me as an owner taking off that hat and giving it to a salesperson and saying, now you go do it. It's real easy for me then to go and, you know, focus on other things, which is why I brought this person on board. Uh, But you still want to keep them in, you know, in the loop, if you will. Right. Uh, Out of sight, out of mind is not necessarily a good thing in this, in this case. No, no. I, and I advocate for, for leaders who are, who are definitely present in their, in their business. Well said. Um, So, if, if we get this, you know, all right, you know, everything, like we bring in this person, we onboard, what, what does that actually enable us to do? What does our life look like if we succeed here? With, uh, what, with what's deemed a successful onboarding? Yes. Yeah. So really what, to me, what that, what comes out of the back end of that is, is not only a, a collaborative, strong relationship between me and that team member, um, and that there's trust there. Uh, that was grown over that 90 days, but that person is, they're being set free with a plan, right? And maybe that plan's not perfect. Maybe it needs to be modified, but there's a plan put together. You're on the same page and the plan doesn't work. There's a comfort level there where both parties can come to each other or it can be a one-way conversation. I don't care what it looks like, but maybe it's, hey, our plan isn't working. 
we need to revamp this. But the comfort level is there and the communication level is there that you can work through those things on a co- in a collaborative nature. So uh, it's really it's coming out of that that 90 days with trust and a plan for the next whatever you deem necessary. The next quarter, let's take small bites. Here's our plan for the next month. Right. Whatever. Whatever makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And and I suspect that, you know, once we're able to officially kind of get out of that, you know, daily routine of going to estimates every single day and getting those appointments that that it's really going to enable us to focus on the other areas of the business that are kind of struggling and puttering along because the the reality of the situation is that if you are spending, you know, you're getting to that point where you're spending most of your time meeting new clients for estimates, um, you are not in tune with the other areas of your business enough to right. make sure that right. they are uh, running smoothly. So, so it is actually, you know, as a business owner, it is actually pretty critical that you consider uh, hiring off this sales piece um, because you know your job is to make sure that the overall success of the company uh, is on an upward trajectory. Yeah, and right. and it can be really difficult uh, to even even if you're remaining small, it can be quite difficult to to hold all those hats. You know, wear all those hats as we as we talked about at the beginning. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is add more. You know, add add more expense to your company and find that, yeah, man, I I didn't really, I I took two steps back to stay two steps back (laughs) (laughs) because you weren't able to move it up or delegate. Right. That's right. That's right. So, so Patrick, um, you know, you, you help people, um, with this, uh, this transition. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think from what I've noticed, you know, among the, among the industry, there are certain people, who are just kind of in this space where it's hard to figure out what to do next. It's hard to, uh, you know, should they be focusing on hiring a project manager? Should they keep that? Should they be hiring a sales manager? Um, And then the cost is always a little scary. How do you help uh, small business owners um, with your set of services? Um, so I'll, I'll be, I'll be general again with, with fractional services, um, and, I, and I'll narrow it down to sales. And so I, I'm actually part of an organization out of Fishers, Indiana called uh, sales acceleration. And, uh, they, they, what I would like to say is they're a pioneer in the industry when it comes to fractional sales leadership services, fractional VP of sales, sales manager, director, whatever the title is. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's fractional services that are provided with, by somebody that, that has experience. A lot of times companies like, like mine will, will vet their, um, their, their candidates. And part of the vetting process might be, hey, you have to have 20 plus years of, of high level sales leadership experience to even be considered. To mm-hmm. a franchise like my company did and does, um, yeah. and so ultimately, the majority of the situations that that we come into is small to medium sized business owners. I'll say anywhere from a half million to forty million to be to give a broad range. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are two scenarios that we seem to be brought into. One, like the one we're talking about, that 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 owner has worn all the hats. They want to add a sales department or add a salesperson and that they, they don't necessarily know how and they need some guidance. Um, and there's and there's then a uh, an engagement that is customized 
to what that owner wants. Maybe it's a two month engagement that's all about, you know, just creating job description and starting the hiring process, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they want. And then there's that other owner that might have a salesperson in place or a sales department in place. And it's just not doing what it needs to be doing to be sustainable. And that owner uh, needs some help rehabilitating that, getting some guidance on how to re- rehabilitate something that's already in place. Yeah. So they may bring us in to help, you know, to help collaborate on, on, on some fine tuning that might need to be done in the process or in the people or what have you. So those are, those are really the two big scenarios that, that I run into, or at least the needs from, from the small business owners that I've worked with. Those are the two scenarios that have come up the most. Absolutely. And that's, when I say fractional sales, I'd mentioned earlier, there's fractional IT, fractional CFOs. Mm-hmm. It's typically a similar reasoning that, that any fractional position is brought into the mix. That makes sense. That makes sense. Awesome. So where, uh, if people are interested in hearing more about you and your services, where, where can I send them? I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to, my LinkedIn page, I think if, if one were to type in, uh, just my name, Patrick, O'Don- there you go. Um, it may have to put Patrick O'Donnell Indianapolis because I know there are other Patrick O'Donnells out there, but it will it, it should pull it should pull me up fairly easily. I, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so um, so I think that's probably the best way. On there is a website, and if you want to reach out via email, all that contact information is on there. Awesome, awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for being on the show. I've enjoyed the conversation, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be in touch. I appreciate you, Orlando. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right. There you have it, folks. Uh, Patrick O'Donnell with the Sales Accelerator. Uh, great guy. Good conversation there. Um, you know, I, I've i been, you know, fortunate enough to hire some salespeople in my day. And I can tell you that uh, when I was able to do that, that it really did start to free up my time. And I think for a lot of business owners out there, um, one of the biggest pain points in your business is the lack of time. You get burnt out, you're doing, you know, I just remember doing, you know, four or five estimates a day, uh, doing the same song and dance over and over and over again, and feeling like, gosh, I want to have more time to focus on these other aspects of the of the business but i am just so bogged down by appointments that i can't i can't tend to it and you know without having you know there are times where i didn't even have you know the the right production pieces in place so when i when i was getting too busy with sales my production was suffering because i just wasn't able to be fully present and so i you know i've told people you know over i tell people all the time i think that hiring a salesperson and training a salesperson is easier than hiring a painter i I really do i I really think it's easier and uh because because you can learn it uh and and there are people who are really professional out there that's the thing is that when you find the right person what makes it so easy to train is that you've hired a really smart person and so uh, I, I highly recommend uh, going down that path, especially if you are the type of contractor that came from painting. You know, if you're like me, you were a, a painter, you know, once once upon a time, you were a young painter. If you are have built your business to a point where you're not painting anymore, you're mostly focusing on the sales, um, you had to retool. And sometimes the best person to 
manage the operations and make sure that the quality of your product is high, sometimes that's still you. And, and so hiring a salesperson can, can free you up to do that. Um, really great conversation. So glad that we had Patrick on the call. Uh, if you would like to listen to more episodes of Pay Ed, um, follow us and subscribe us, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that. But I also just recommend getting PCA Overdrive. Um, what's cool about when you're on PCA Overdrive, you're going to get the updates. You're going to get the email updates of when a new episode drops. Um, my, my show drops once a week um, and we are focused on bringing in I try to bring on experts from outside of the industry. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. There are a lot of great shows on our network. A lot of people bring in other contractors to talk about their experience. Uh, you know, some people just bring in um, sometimes it's just them. Right. Um my show, it's all about bringing in that outside expertise so that we have a more well-rounded business education. So make sure that you uh, subscribe to the show. And um, until we uh, until we meet again, my name is Torlando and this has been Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.